This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime at our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. High ground. That's talking about our relationship with God, and it can improve. Did you know that? It genuinely can. So let me share a few thoughts with you here uh, this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Friends, stay where you were called to be. Sometimes it's all like, well, I'll, I'll be able to serve God one day when I move here or I do this or that. No, no, God can use you today right where you're at. It says, friends, stay where you are called to be. God is there. Hold the high ground. Did you hear what he said? Hold the high ground. Kind of like playing king of the hill, you know? You want to be on the top of the hill, right? You have an advantage there. And as uh, warriors for Christ, when we're holding the high ground, we have an advantage. We can see better. We've got clear vision. You know, uh, we've been given uh, a, a helmet and a shield and a sword and, and uh, our vision and our battle is much more successful when we're holding the high ground. And he says here, hold the high ground with him at your side. And you can't beat that. When you got God at your side, you are a winner. Overwhelming victory is yours, as the Bible tells us. And when he's at your side and we're learning his ways and we're learning his thoughts, you know, that helps us to hold the high ground. And what I want to encourage you, I usually talk about the, uh, I forgot something else, didn't I? Uh, I usually talk about the uh, weekly challenge at the end of the service, but I want to give you your weekly challenge now, you know. And it just simply says, I am determined to travel the high road and hold the high ground with God at my side in 2019. If that's you, it's like, I'm determined to do that. Well, then you would check that off and all. And I, I did forget, but I'm going to just put it right in my lesson, is that we have a devotional book for you today. We only have a couple hundred of these right here. And it's a daily devotion, the word of God for you today. And inside, you will see, you know, a letter from Susan and myself, you know, an encouragement there. And then you have in this little booklet here, you have three months of devotions, a devotion for every day. And I want to challenge you, you know, uh, we have some of these paperback versions just like this at the connections desk. And if you don't do technical stuff like you know, in your cell phones, if you, if you don't have a smartphone or you don't use computer technology or anything, please pick one of these up. But here on this front cover and on your seat, did y'all get one of these on the seat? This tells you what you can do. There's four steps and you can download this devotional book that we're giving to you onto your phone. So you always have it with you. And, and you, you have three months worth of daily devotions that you can read. So I would challenge all of you to download that on your phone. And those who are not, you know, um, you know, computer savvy and all, 
please pick up one here. And we'll get some more if we need to. But I know I like using things on my phone and my computer as much as possible. But it's just a word for you on a daily basis, something that would encourage you. And what I'm talking about that, thank you. I know last week again, I'd asked uh, Michelle and off if you could uh, get the people's pictures who want to be on my personal prayer journal. And, uh, you know, hundreds of you allowed us to take your picture last week. And that, you know, you're not going to end up, your picture won't end up in the post office, you know, or won't end up in a newspaper. Not another living soul will see it. It's for me, put it in my prayer journal. I like to update it every year. So when I go up on the mountain or wherever I'm at, when I pray for you, I can see you, you know, and, and pray for you. And I do believe that God answers prayer. So those who haven't, you know, done that. Michelle, I think, is she still here in the back over there where we take the pictures and all? Uh, well, it, I, she, but she's still here. So at the end of the service, if you want to be on my prayer journal, you know, uh, you can meet them over there. They'll get your picture in that and nobody else will ever see that, you know. God will see it, of course, you know, but uh, nobody else. So where was we at? Oh, man, I got so many things going on here. Oh, yeah. Hold the high ground with him at your side. Boy, how successful uh, we can become when we hold the high ground. We keep our advantage from that perspective. Our vision is so much clearer when we're holding the high ground, especially when God is at your side. In Matthew 6, 34, it says, give your entire attention. That's 100%. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Is God doing something now? Right now, are you aware of it? Yeah, well, I don't know. There are so many things that distract us, is there not? Pulls for our attention. Pulls us for our focus. And the Bible says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Do you know what God is doing in your life? Do you know what God wants to do through your life right now? Not in a year or two years or even in six months, but do you know what God's doing now? God is on the move right now in your life and through your life. He genuinely is. And the scripture says, give your entire, entire attention to what God is doing right now in your marriage, in your home, in your family, in your career, in your health, in your finances. We can know what God is on the move, what he's doing. <clears throat> and it says, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. You ever worry about tomorrow? Don't do that no more, okay? He says, don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. You know, when you get worried, you lose the high ground. You end up in the muck and the mire and the, and, and, and the pits of life. When you worry, that's where it puts you. You cannot maintain the high ground if you are a worry wart. How many of y'all want to be a wart, you know? Nobody does. So he says, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with, what's that word? Whatever hard things come up when the time comes. 
It's a promise. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And that is a promise. He's going to help you. You don't need to worry, but you need to gain and hold on to the high ground with God by your side and learn the, the high ways and learn the high thoughts and to begin to think those high thoughts and allow it to control your life and get your focus in the right place. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, so we're not giving up. Heck no, we're not giving up. No. Well, we've been given armor. We, we have been commissioned to stand the ground, hold the high ground, and you got a shield of faith and a sword of the Spirit and a helmet of salvation. Your loins are girt about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness. Your feet are shod with that preparation of the gospel of peace. And, and God tells us, hold your ground. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't, don't run the other way. That's what he's telling us here. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart. Does it ever look that way to you? You know, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I used to, and not too many years ago, when it was my time to come up here on the pulpit, I dashed from my seat and I leaped up on the stage. I usually go around and take the stairs now. You know, that's the best way for me to go right now, all right? So, things as you know, happen in our life and as we age or circumstances, sometimes things don't look so good on the outside as they are still on the inside. And he says right here, he says, even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace, his enabling power. Now, I had a, a, an old car once upon a time. My dad had fixed it up, and it was an old family-style car. It was a blue station wagon, you know? It's not the kind of car a young teenage boy wants to drive. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. But there's one thing about that car. My dad was a, a, an instructor on how to work on airplanes in the, the Air Force. And then my dad worked at an auto place for a while, and then... When they opened up uh, uh, the, the tech school, the high school, or uh, they were looking for an instructor. And my dad had all the credentials, and he taught in the automotive department at a, at a high school, at the uh, technical part of the high school. And so my dad understood automobiles extremely well. And so this car, though it didn't look like much on the inside, it looked like it was old and probably falling apart. But if somebody pulled up at a stoplight beside me, and rev their engine and all like that, you know, I could usually leave them in the dust, you know. And then they was looking like, what in the world does he have under that hood, you know? What's on the inside is much more important than what's on the outside. Agreed? Amen. What's going on on the inside of you? And it says, even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, but on the inside where God, is making new life. Not a day goes by without his unfolding grace or God's enabling power. That's what grace is. And, you know, as you hold the high ground, you've got his enabling power there under the hood, if you would. And we'll accomplish what God has called us to do. 
Now, if you'll remember in the last two or three years, as I've been quoting more from the Message Bible, just enjoying reading it and things like that, I've come across this term. In the New King James, it says, for our light afflictions, this is right there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but it says in the New King James, for our light afflictions, which is but for a moment. But I really like the way the Message Bible says it. And it says these hard times, we just read about that. God will help us there in Matthew 6, 34. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Remember? And here in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, it says these hard times that God promises to help us deal with. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. These hard times that seem to be so overwhelming and, and, and they can you know, create fear and all. God's word tells us these hard times are small potatoes, you know, not great big old huge ones. These are small potatoes. We can deal with those easily when you're holding the high ground with God at your side. The things that seem so horrible and so difficult become small potatoes when you're holding the high ground and you're in a close and intimate relationship with the almighty God. So do you know right now what God is doing in your life? What is he saying to you? What is he trying to teach you? What is he trying to impart to you to help you for your future and to make a difference in the world in which you live? Are you a tool that God can reach out through your hands? Can God speak through your mouth? Can he see through your eyes and hear through your ears? And, and, and can God move in this world in which we live through your feet? What's God doing in you? And what's God trying to do through you? And he is trying to. For every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room, and all who are watching online, and down in, in our, our cafe, and up in the balcony, God is revealing, trying to reveal himself. If we'll hold the high ground with him at our side, and the hard times are small potatoes when you're beside Almighty God and you're holding the high ground. And then the last part of that in verse 18 says, there's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow. And sometimes we look at a hard time or a problem and we think that's going to be for the entirety rest of our life. But we got to get our eyes looking somewhere else. We got to get our eyes on God and what he is doing. It tells us in Ephesians chapter four, verse one, it says, in light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, he was imprisoned. That was a hard time. He was imprisoned for sharing the gospel and leading thousands of people to Christ. But even that hard time for him was small potatoes because he was able to lead all the military guys to Christ who they brought into him. And he was able to impart truth to the church. Uh, God worked a miracle here in the apostle. But he says in Ephesians 4.1, in light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. He says, let God move through your feet. I want you to get out there and walk. <laughs> Better yet, what's he say? Run. run. I mean, let, let's take this seriously. This is an urgent thing. Run on the road God called you to travel. And what road has he called you to travel? The high road. The high road. 
Now, I don't know if we have that little uh, picture or not, but where we live, uh, we live, you know, less than two miles from a road that we, we had a picture of it. I don't know. Is it up there? It's called the high road. Now, I like to travel the high road. You take the low road and I'll take the high road and I will be in Scotland before ye. You know, I heard that once upon a time. But I like the idea of taking the high road with God. And he says here, walk, better yet run on the road God called you to travel. And that is the high road with God at your side. Where all the hard things become small potatoes when you're living close to God like that. And he's talking about obeying him. He says, I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. You ever sat around on your hands? Could we try that for a moment? Everybody, I want you to sit on your hands for a minute. Can you do that? Now, what would happen if I threw a football to you right now? (laughs) You can't do much when you're sitting on your hands. Is that right? And his words, okay, get off your hands. Okay, all right. But that's what he's saying. He says, I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off. What's the next word? Down. Down. Can you picture the drain when you pull the plug in the bathtub? (whistles) You know. He says, I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. Are you on a path, not to the high ground, but are you on a path that that has a dead end and it's just pulling you down and down and down? That's not God's plan for you. God wants to reveal the high ground. He wants to give you the advantage in life. He wants to be by your side and all the hard things will become small potatoes to you when you're living in the high ground with God at your side. That's what he's telling us. And then he says here, in verse 2, he says, And mark that you do this with... I don't know if y'all have that verse or not. And mark that you do this with... Humility. Humility is the high ground. You go, what? Pride is the low ground. It's, it's the... The valley where the shadows and the darkness lie, where the miry pits are at. That's where pride is at. So if you're a very prideful person, you have not gained the high ground. You do not have the advantage that God wants for you. We even know that Satan, who was God's archangel there, he was in charge. He was cast out of heaven. He had the highest ground. He was cast out because of his pride. That's what the Bible tells us. So if we're prideful, you don't have the advantage you could have. You'll not know really what God's doing in you and through you. Pride takes us low, you know. But humility, that's where the high ground is attained at. It really is. It sounds a little unusual, but humility is the high ground. Listen to what it says here in James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, God opposes the proud. God opposes. He's like, you're not coming up here with me. Uh-huh. Get down. Get down. Stay there. When we're prideful, that means we're selfish. I can handle this myself. I don't need God. I don't need nobody. I can handle it my own. You'll not attain to the high ground 
when you're a man or a woman of pride. It just, just, it just, it just won't happen. God opposes, opposes the proud, but he favors the humble. Now, there's a good kind of pride where there's an awesome, fantastic respect for God. And you want to do things well to honor him. That's a noble thing. But it's not the selfish pride. It, it takes you low. Genuinely does. And not in a good way. So he says here, God opposes the proud in James 4, 6, but he favors the humble. So humble yourselves before God. And then, once you do that, it says resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But see, you can't resist the devil if you've not humbled yourself to God first. You cannot resist the devil on your own. But once you, you know, humble yourself before Almighty God, you kneel before Almighty God, you humble yourself before him, you acknowledge your surrender and your dependence upon him, Instead of you always running from the devil, the devil's going to be running from you. Because the Bible says greater is Christ who's in you than the devil that's in this world. And you don't have to be manipulated and controlled by him no more. Not when you've got the high ground with God at your side and all the things the devil's trying to do. Oh, this is small potatoes. It'll soon pass. That's what I'm talking about here. And then he goes on to say here in verse 8, James 4, 8. Come close to God. That's high ground. Closer you get to God, the higher the ground is. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, because God wants to work in this world through your hands. Wash your hands, the washing of the water of God's word. He says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. God wants us to deal with the external stuff in our life, and he wants us to deal with the internal, in our thoughts and in our heart. And he says here, verse 8, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Is your loyalty between, divided between God and the world? Or does God have your undivided, 100%, the entire focus of your life? And everything that you need, he'll add it to you abundantly beyond what you could ever ask or think. But he talks about there are those whose loyalty is divided between God and the world. And he says in verse 9, let there be tears for what you've done. Where we've missed the mark, we should genuinely repent. I'm so sorry, God. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. And that's just in the repentance mode. But then you get your joy back once you're forgiven and you're living in the high ground, the high road, doing things with high thoughts and the high ways. And it goes on to say in verse 10 here, it says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Now, wait a minute. Humble yourself, not where you're, you have been humbled or humiliated, but where you humble yourself before Almighty God, and it says, and he will lift you up to a place of honor, to the high ground. Beside him, that's what he says. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. That's the high ground. 
You take that lowly position of humility and God brings you into the high ground beside him. So let me read it once again, Ephesians 4. It says, and mark that you do this with humility and, what's that word? And discipline. Oh, we like that word, don't we? But the people who become experts at anything are men and women who have understood discipline. It says, do this with humility and discipline. Not in fits and starts. You understand fits and starts? How many of you have ever started a diet? What's all that laughing about? How many ever started down at the gym? Exercise routine, you know. And he says here, he's talking about with humility, surrendering to God, letting him know you need his help and all that you do. Do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. Hmm. Think about that for a moment. And then he goes on to say, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Mending fences. Imagine this a moment. You got a neighbor. Beautiful garden your neighbor has. All kinds of flowers and fruits and vegetables. And you've got a lot of livestock at your house, you know. And you got a fence. And because of your neighbor, you know, he's not taking care of his responsibilities. And there's a hole gets in your fence. What's going to happen? Your neighbor ain't going to like you very much. When all your cows and goats and sheep and whatever else you got goes through that hole in the fence and destroys his garden. Mend your fences. You do everything you can to love your neighbor. It's really important that we do that because we know what's going on. He says, alert and noticing differences and quick amending fences. You were called. You were all called to travel on the same road. And that's the high road. Every one of us has been called to travel on that same road and in the same direction. So stay together. Same road, same direction. Stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. God greatly blesses unity. Harmony. We're traveling together. We're doing things together. There's harmony. Are you a person who's just going to resist whatever anybody else says? Whatever they say, they say up, you say we're down. They say right, you say left. Are you that way? Is there something in you that wants to just, you know, be divisive? The Bible tells us what great blessings unity brings about. And unity brings us into the position of the high ground. When we're divisive and, 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 and always just against something, we'll not find the high ground as you could and as God wants you to have it. Anyhow, um, there are times in order to gain the high ground, we must go through the low ground. Think about this for just a moment. There is a classic journey that the Bible tells us about. And listen what happens here. It says in Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I have all that I need. Because he's a shepherd. He takes good care of his sheep. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. And I can picture those hills, those green meadows, you know, and all those big white sheep just laying down there, just eating all. They're not fighting for anything because they got all that they need. He leads, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Oh, that's a little bit of a low ground place. You don't find many of those nice gentle streams way up in the mountain areas. They say he leads me beside the peaceful streams. He renews my strength. My shepherd does. He guides me along the right paths. And the right paths, though we may take a trip down to those streams, the right paths lead to the high ground. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even, even when I walk through the darkest valley, the King James says the valley of the shadow of death. This translation says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, that's talking about low ground, I will not be afraid. When I'm in the low ground, where the, the, the valley of the shadow of death is, I'm not going to be afraid. Why? For you, I don't know if y'all can see that verse or not, says, for you are close beside me. Hold the high ground with God by your side. Here it says, you are close beside me. Turning the low ground into the high ground. God takes us there as we humble ourselves and surrender ourselves to him. He takes us to the high ground. That's where we live. And he says, and your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And the Bible tells us. It's just absolutely the truth. He says that those who are in Christ, in a good relationship with Christ, we are seated. The Bible says we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have gained the high ground, not just when we die and get to heaven, but now we are seated in heavenly places. We have this high ground. We, we have an advantage. We've got uh, more clear, distinct vision. Well, we can accomplish so much more from the high ground. That's what he's telling us here. You know, listen to what it says here, uh, where it says, you, you prepare... You prepare a feast for me. So the, uh, verse 5 there of the 23rd time. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. God prepares a feast in the presence of our enemies where you think we well, ought to be fighting or running or something. And God says he prepares a feast for us in the presence of our enemies. How can we be so calm in the presence of enemies? We know they're just small potatoes because we're in the presence of almighty God. Hold the high ground with God at your side. Are you going to be concerned about enemies when God is at your side? He's going to take care of you. He's crazy about you. He loves you. He tells us here in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15, early in the morning, a servant of the holy man. Anybody know who that holy man was? Elisha. Early in the morning, a servant of the holy man got up and he went outside. Surprise! Exclamation mark. Horses and, and chariots are surrounding the city. We have been surrounded by the enemy. Horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man exclaimed, Oh, master, what shall we do? We're done for. That's what he said. Verse 16 says, 
And he said, don't worry about it. That's small potatoes. Because see, the holy man, Elisha, he had a relationship with God. He said, don't worry, that's small potatoes. Don't worry about that. There are more on our side than on their side. Don't worry. Don't go down to the low ground. Let's stay up here on the high ground. Hold the high ground with God by your side, you see. Small potato stuff is what I'm talking about here. He says there are more on our side than on their side. And you can see his servant going, okay. One, two. Okay, we'll do it another way. One, two. I see thousands of them guys up there. Okay, our city's got a bunch of people, but they outnumber us. How can you say we got more than they have? And then here, and see, this is what happens to you and me. With our natural eyes, we cannot see what God is trying to show us in our natural human eyes when we're trying to do it on our own. And he says in verse 17, then Elisha prayed, oh God, open his eyes and let him see. Give him vision. And it says, the eyes of the young man were opened and he saw a wonder, exclamation mark, the whole mountain. It wasn't just a, a string of some warriors up there who, who were the enemy. It says, a wonder, the whole mountain, the high ground, full of horses, full, not just a little string of them around, full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. I'm talking about the angels that the Bible says the angels of God with their armor and their drawn swords had encircled around about Elisha and his servant. And they had chariots that were being pulled by angelic horses. But see, lots of times you and I can't see the provisions that God has made and therefore we fear. But if we'll get a hold of the high ground and you got to do it through humility, Pride won't let you get to the high ground. Pride won't let you have clear vision. And you'll see things in the natural. And they'll be huge and, and seem to be un, uh, overcomable, destructive to us. But when you gain the high ground, you know, oh, those small potatoes, and God is at my side, and we'll, overwhelming victory is ours, you see, when you hold the high ground. I wonder the whole mountain full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. Psalm 69 verse 32 says, the humble will see their God at work and be glad. The humble. As you humble yourself, you'll see what God's doing, what he's doing in you, what he's doing through you. You'll understand the times that you're in and how God is wanting to use you in this generation to make an eternal difference. The humble will see their God at work and be glad. But what happens? The proud will only see their own work. They'll only see their own limitations. And they'll come short over and over and over again. They'll not have the advantage anymore. Psalms 23, picking back up there, verse 5, it says, you honor me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessings. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue, which means to hunt, to track me down. Your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life while on earth. That's what he's talking about. Not when you die and get to heaven. He's talking about on earth. He says, 
Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And on top of that, I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That is high ground, genuinely. Now, I was reading this article about a government official in India who was engaged in irrigation work. And he came to the owner of a field and he offered to make the field fruitful to which the owner answered, you needn't attempt to do anything with that field. It's barren and will produce nothing. The official replied, I can make your field richly fruitful. I can do that which seems absolutely impossible if only it lies low enough. He meant that the low ground would be much easier to irrigate than high ground. Now watch. I want to irrigate the ceiling. What happened? It's a lot easier to irrigate what? A man, a woman who humbles himself. That's what he's talking about. We can become richly fruitful and in your own human strength. But if we will humble ourselves, we will humble ourselves at, at God's throne, at, at God's feet. He says he will lift us up. He'll do that. He'll take us to the high ground right beside him in close relationship where the hard things of life are small potatoes. Choices up to you and, and up to me. You know, we got to make these choices, you know. And, and he wants to fill us with living water, you see. And it makes an eternal difference. It empowers us just like the, this, this humility is like the water going in a river and it's going downhill. But when it's surrendered and it goes over a water wheel, what can a water wheel do? Generate tremendous power. That's what a dam is. It generates electricity. That's what the old timers used to use to grind their grain. The sawmills were powered by this, this water coming over a water wheel, you know. And do we allow God's water through our humility to wash over us and, and his enabling power then becomes ours. One of the last messages of a great philanthropist was tell my younger brethren that they may be too big for God to use them, but they cannot be too small. Through humility, we surrender our lives to God. He can do anything in our lives and through our lives, and he wants to. And we gain the high ground. We gain the advantage in life. And it might sound a little bit strange, but we descend to the high ground through humility. As we kneel before Almighty God and we surrender our lives, we descend to the high ground because he lifts us up. As we humble ourselves, it says he lifts us up. That's what his word promises us there. Psalms 25, verse 9, it says, He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his ways. It's, it's the highways. He says, he leads the humble. Now, not the proud, but he leads the humble in doing right, not doing wrong. 
He leads the humble in doing right, doing his things, teaching them his ways. Remember, our ways, selfish ways, won't get it done. But his ways are higher than our ways, and he will teach us his ways. And that's where the power is released when we humble ourselves before him. It says here in Psalms 18, verse 32, God arms me with strength, and he makes my feet, he makes my way, I'm sorry, God arms me with strength, and he makes my way perfect because we're learning his ways. He makes my ways perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. Now, I know something about that because I lift at the base of a mountain, and there's all kinds of deer in my neck of the woods, and I see them rascals, and they are absolutely amazing where they can go and what they can do, and they like the high ground. They genuinely do because they have an advantage from the high ground, but it says here, God arms me and you with strength. And he makes my way and your way perfect. And he makes me and you as sure-footed as a deer. God does that. You can't do it on your own. He makes us as sure-footed as a deer so we don't lose ground, enabling me to stand on mountain heights, enabling you and me to have the high ground, to hold to the high ground with him by our side. (coughs) Now, boy, I got so much I want to tell you. And I just got pages and pages and pages of stuff that I can't share with you now. But it'll keep. But let me tell you the words of an old song. Okay? And this is the way it goes. And maybe you can throw those words up there probably. And uh, it's just called No Higher Calling. And it goes like this. Down at your feet, O Lord. Is what? Is the most high, wait a minute, down at your feet, O oh Lord, <clears throat> says, is the most high place? Down is the most high place? Down at your feet, O oh Lord, is the most high place. In your presence, Lord, I seek your face. Seek your face down through humility, at your feet, O Lord, is the most high place. In your presence, Lord, we seek your face. We seek your face. There is no higher calling, no greater honor than to bow and kneel before your throne. I am amazed at your glory, embraced by your mercy. O Lord, I live to worship you. you. There is no higher calling, no greater honor than to bow and kneel before your throne. I am amazed at your glory, embraced by your mercy, O Lord. I live to worship you. Now we'll continue along this line, talking about the high ground. But the high ground is not quite the way you always thought it was. You know, if if you want something, the Bible says if you give, you'll receive. It talks about you humble yourself and God will lift you up. Throughout the Bible, things are opposite of the way we would think they are because his ways are higher than our ways. 
So we go to him and we surrender our lives to him. And I can't encourage you enough to gain the high ground. Take hold of the high ground. You will have such an advantage and your vision will be so clear. Instead of you looking out and seeing the enemies around about you and thinking you're done for, you'll look out and you'll see the angelic beings of almighty God and going, those enemies are small potatoes. Look, God is at my side and and his angelic beings are surrounding me and he's going to take care of us. It depends on your perspective. I like the idea of gaining the high ground. And I like the idea of just getting higher and closer to God day by day because he's crazy about you. And he will help you. And he didn't say you're not going to have hard times, but he says he's going to be there. He's going to help you through them. And they're going to be like small potatoes. That's what I'm talking about. And you know what? The men and the women in this room, in this whole building, we're watching online. All of us, God is tugging our hearts to high ground. You don't have to worry about floods when you got the high ground. You don't have to worry about tsunamis when you got the high ground. And God is there to help us. And he wants to help you because he's crazy about you. You're special to him. Every one of you, you're special to him. And he'll forgive us and he'll cleanse us. Let's just surrender our lives to him. That's what I want to do now as we close, just to surrender what is left of our time. However long I've got left, Lord, it's yours. And surrender our life, our past, our present, and our future to the almighty God. Would you bow your heads with me? And as we pray, uh, we're going to reaffirm our faith in Christ for those who already know him and declare our faith for the first time for those who don't. But I ask you all to pray with me and let God move in. Let God do his work. And let's get on the high ground so we can see what he's doing. Would you pray with me right now? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe you have great plans for my life. And I surrender. And I say, not my will, but your will be done. I believe that Jesus gave his lifeblood to wash all my sins away. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my life. And I open wide that door. And I receive Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, as my King. I am sorry for my sinful ways. I receive your pardon. I receive your forgiveness. And I'm going to hold to the high ground with you by my side. And I thank you for the miracle of turning those hard things into small potatoes. In Jesus' name, amen. 